Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, episode two, brought to you by the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Harry, and today I'm joined by two fantastic guests, Lee and Chig. How's it going, guys? I'm good. I'm good. Um, apart from the stress of being an Arsenal fan, <laughs> real life is all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the hazards that comes with the job, unfortunately. Chig, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. It's a couple of days removed. Um I'm still annoyed about it, but it's kind of like, much like League, like, what can you do about it? I just carry on. <laughs> That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Lads, before we begin, um, you both run really successful YouTube channels. So do you want to tell us a bit about what you do and how people can find you? Go on, go first. Go on. Nah, go on after you, mate. <laughs> I just want to skip watching it. Uh, basically, um, with me, I, so I've... Lee knows this already, but I've always wanted to uh, kind of have almost like a second career, if you like, in radio. Um, and I think the one thing that I think Arsenal Fan TV, for example, has shown me is that I can do a, a YouTube channel and build it and reach out to people. And it just saves me moaning to my mates, to be fair, on things like YouTube and stuff. Because literally, I'm one of those annoying people in a group chat they'll put about 15 sentences when it comes to Arsenal. So I thought, okay, rather than annoy these guys at what I'm saying, why don't I just reach out to people and see if people gravitate towards it? Um, and fortunately for me, people have done and people seem to like it. People don't always necessarily agree with what I say. Um, but one thing I'll always promise anyone is when they come to a, to, to my channel, they will always hear brutal honesty, whether that's from myself or whether it's from my guests, one of which often being Lee. Uh, so um, I think people seem to like that for that reason. They, there isn't any kind of this phoniness or, you know, you do get other people on YouTube that will do this very much a straight dice type of, oh, I'm never going to express my opinion type. You're not going to get that from me. So and I think people like that. So, um, yeah, by all means, if anyone is listening to this and they're wondering, oh, who is this geezer? Um, I promise I'm not a fake Robbie. <laughs> Go subscribe <laughs> to Guna Eagle Eye and um, hopefully you'll enjoy that content. Good stuff, good stuff. And I, I certainly watch your videos and I, I do really enjoy them. Like you said, totally honest and, and great, great views and great opinions. Lee, what about yourself? Um, well, I set up my YouTube channel in April last year. Um, and the reason I set it up, I've, I've got a half decent following on Twitter, but Obviously, back then, Twitter was only 140 characters. And rather than spamming people's um, timelines with multiple tweets back to back, um, I thought, you know what? A, a better way to get my opinions out there was to, to do it on camera. And it felt a bit weird the first few times. But like looking back at my first videos, I've got so much better at it with, without being big-headed. And I, I just tend to do um, previews of the game, the upcoming game, and then... Um, I've gone to a lot of games this season. Um, afterwards, I'll, I'll come out the ground and I'll do my review of it. Um, obviously, if I'm not at the game, then I do that from my from my front room. But yeah, I just love talking about Arsenal, you know. And, and we're a circus at the minute, so there's always a story. And very similar to Chris, I I am just so brutally honest, and I'm overwhelmed with the amount of people that have followed me on, or subscribed to me, should I say? And not just Arsenal fans, but I've got loads of different clubs, like all the big ones. And then I've got 
um, League One clubs, like fans from there following me, Championship, um, Juventus, Barcelona, etc., all over the world. And it, it's really, really nice to get messages and comments from people that live in Australia or live in Japan, just saying, look, we, we see your, your pain and feel feel what you're saying and yeah it's, it's overwhelming man and yeah I just want to continue really growing it every day and, and and trying to improve on putting out better content um to be honest I've done every single bit of it so far off my iPhone yeah <laughs> I don't even own a laptop so the, the aim for this year is to go and buy myself a MacBook and, and step it up a gear so so yeah and um if anyone wants to subscribe to that then my, my channel's called Gunner Bang Stuff, and stuff. and people do recognize it. We've actually seen it in person. People go up to it and say, "You're Lee, aren't you?" Oh, I love you. You're Lee, you? <laughs> it's I'm weird. It is a weird feeling when people come up to you at a football match and say, "Oh, what's your bit?" It's weird, man. But so there we go. Good. Another one. Great content. I, I often watch your Thank videos you. as well. So well done. Keep them coming, um, lads. Firstly, let's discuss the defeat at Bournemouth. Um, I know you guys spoke about it at length and. Starting with you, Chig, if you just want to give us your thoughts on what was another disappointing performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it, it was it was the manner of the defeat. It, this wasn't just a oh we played well, we dominated the game and we did what we usually do and you know, just a couple of lapses of concentration and we lost the game. It was the fact that at no time was I watching the game. Did I ever feel we'll win? Even when we scored, I kind of thought, oh, it was a little bit against the run of play. Um, and that, to me, was worrying because this is a team where we weren't playing a, a City or a Chelsea. We weren't even playing a Burnley or, or someone like that or Southampton, where these are half-decent teams. This was against a Bournemouth side that was low on confidence and... Um, and they're 17, or they were 17th in the league at the time. And I was stupidly confident, not as confident as I'm sure Lee will tell you. <laughs> Lee will tell you the prediction he had. But <laughs> I, I, I felt like we would have enough to get through that game. And within the first 10 minutes of that game, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like this today. And then they came out for the second half, and somehow they got worse. Um, I thought to myself, is this what life will be like with no Ozil and no Alexis? And I think that's what scared everybody. Yeah. It wasn't just the fact that we lost. It was the real, very real prospect of this is our future. This is what we're left with if yeah. we take Alexis and Ozil at the team. So to me, I, that more than anything was what I was really disappointed by. But also at the same time, not surprised by it. Because I don't know about you, you guys, these days there is never, there's not a team in the league that I'm confident Arsenal will beat. There's not a team in the league that I can honestly say, even when I'm doing my preview, I think to myself, yeah, we should be able to win. But then I try and think of mitigating circumstances that can stop that. Maybe three, four years ago, that was never the case. Yeah. But now it's 100% the case. So that's what worries me more than anything. Yeah. Lee, what about yourself? How did you feel after that game? Because I don't know about you, but do you know what? I, I'm not even surprised anymore. I was I, I, I was saying to a friend of mine, you know, if you, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how you felt. 
Well, it was weird actually because um, what you just said there, I actually I, I said after the game, it was like it gets to the point now where when, if, for example, up at Nottingham Forest, I know we're not talking about that game, but at Nottingham Forest, when the guy volleyed in the second goal, I just started laughing. And when they scored the fourth, I just started laughing. It was just like it's gone past the point of angry. And, and you sort of, like Chris said, you sort of expect it now. And when I see the starting 11 for that game at the weekend, I was like, oh, wow. It wasn't so much the starting 11. It was more the bench. Mm. There wasn't a game changer on the bench. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are to say Theo was on the bench, etc. <laughs> but Theo's hardly played all season. And he's hardly lit up any, any game he's played in when he has played, you know. And I, I, I looked at that. And, and Chris said it as well. When we went 1-0 up, that, we were lucky to be 1-0 up because I don't think that the performance at that point warranted us being 1-0 up. I thought a troll was fair at that point. Mm. And then you're thinking, okay, you're 1-0 up. Now what you do is you game manage it. You, you make substitutions that are, are going to make a difference on the game. And you, know, you can then kick on, push on because they're going to push forward. You then do them on the break and get a second. When they scored that equaliser, which was schoolboy defending, it was like watching it over Hackney Marshes. Four <laughs> players chasing the one player and he's still got the crossing. And then your goalkeeper comes leg- legging it out and Chambers just stands still. You know, it was, just, it was just comedy. And when that went in, I turned to my missus and I said to her, we're going to lose this. Yeah, and she was like, nah, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. I said, no, nah, I've seen this day 100 times before under Wenger. And, and lo and behold, four minutes later, they're 2-1 up. And at that point, when I'm thinking, well, I'll be happy if we can actually get a draw. And, and to actually analyse that and put that into perspective, you're happy to take a draw away from home to a team that have won two out of 14 in all competitions. Yeah, and a 17th in the league at that point. And, and that, to me, shows the massive decline at this football club. It's, you know, away, our away form for over a year now has been appalling. You know, we can go back to last season when we lost 3-0 at Palace. We lost 3-1 at West Brom. You know, there was other games we were getting spanked left, right and centre last season. This season, we lose at Liverpool 4-0. It could have been 10. We go and put in a performance up at Man City that was shocking. Um, the only performance away from home this season I thought we've actually done really well was Everton. Yeah, that's right. And, and everyone clicked in that game. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time we see the front three, Lacazette, Ozil and Sanchez. But, you know... I, I look at it and, and Chris sort of said it, is this life without the two superstars? Yeah. Because the only person who played well for me and can walk out of that game with, with his head up, held up a little bit is Jack Wilshere. And, and he again, can still he, walk. Exactly. I was just <laughs> going to say, and he is in exactly the same position as the other two and how this has been allowed to happen. But, you know, your last guest on here, Lee Judges, I, I watched him after the game and he said that the fans weren't even angry at the, at the ground. It was just a muted atmosphere. Like, you know, everyone sort of accepted. They're going through the motions now, you know, and nobody's even getting really upset by it because it's a, a routine every single other week we go away from home. So, like you said, I just laugh now rather than getting too angry over it. But it is really worrying. And, and I don't see with the amount of players out of contract next summer, not this one coming, the following one, how this is going to be fixed without spending two, three, four hundred million. Yeah, no, I totally you know agree. What I, mean? I think for me, I think what I find 
difficult uh, of late is that, you know, to see Arsenal be unable to defend efficiently, that's something that we've seen for a very long time. That's something that I don't accept, but I'm sort of used to it, if that makes sense. The issue I've got now is that when you see that lineup and you see the likes of Iwobi and Welbeck playing behind our centre-forward, that worries me because there is absolutely no creativity in that in that mm-hmm. pair. Um, for me, you know, I said it with with Lee on last week's show. You know, Iwobi can carry the ball; he can play a basic pass, but his 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 final product is is awful. I think Danny Welbeck is a workhorse to me, and and nothing more. Um, I just worry that, like you guys said, without Ozil and Sanchez, we are such an average side, such an average side. And you know. It's concerning. Look, Alexis Sanchez supposedly wants out and it's unclear whether a deal is going to happen because we've been told this evening that it all depends on Henrik Mkhitaryan and that's been said by his agent, Mino Raiola. Um, Chig, if we was to give Sanchez to United and get Mkhitaryan and and he comes the other way, would you be happy with that? Would that be a a fair deal from our point of view? No. Straight up, I, I would not be happy um, purely because um, it's all well and good saying, "Oh, well, that you know, Jose has not been able to get the best out of him." Does it mean Wenger's going to get the best out of him? <laughs> I don't think so. So, um, to me, I, my, I, I've said this before so many times on my channel, and Lee will know the person I want to say. I don't understand why we're not going after Mares. To me, that's a no-brainer. Collect whatever the 30 mil, whatever it is that United are offering. Just make it a straight cash deal and go to Leicester and just say, all right, Leicester, real talk. What do you want from Morris? He wants to come to us. We want to make it happen. Let's make it happen. He's a creative player. He's got he's experienced in the league. Two seasons ago, he's the best player. He was voted best player in the league. I don't understand what the problem is. He's younger than Mikatarian. He to me, he's a better suited player to the way we play football than Mkhitaryan is. So I, I don't really understand what the problem is. You're looking for your creativity, there it is. I think it's an easy one to answer, if I'm honest. I think the problem is that we'd have to pay for Mahrez and, and mm. Mkhitaryan could be yeah. a swap deal. And I think ultimately that's where our problems stem from. Um, Lee, what do you think about the whole prospect of Mkhitaryan coming the other way? Um... Well it, well, it hardly fills me with any confidence, to be honest with you. I mean, let, let's just have it right. To, to replace Alexi Sanchez, there's only maybe five, ten players in the world, in my opinion, that can do that. So how we've got into that position in the first place is scandalous. I think we should have sold him in the summer um, and then replaced him in the summer because we all know Man City bid 60 mil to take the 60 mil. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd rather take their money and then have to go and replace him rather than letting it get into a position now where it's peanuts. Yes, I know we're going to recoup what we paid for him, but that ain't going to cover the cost of an adequate replacement. Um, so if if we're swapping him for Mkhitaryan, we've been mugged off. Um, because Mkhitaryan, yes, I rated him at Dortmund. I thought he was brilliant at Dortmund. But this is the Premier League. Yeah. You don't get time on the ball to do whatever you want to do. You've got two or three players snapping at your heels. Um, I don't think he's come to terms with the pace of the league. I don't think he's come to terms with the physicality of it. And no disrespect against the German league, but 
you know, Bayern Munich and Dortmund whitewashed pretty much everyone out there or have done over many years now. Um, I know Dortmund have, have had a little ups and downs, but most of the time they, they tend to beat most teams. And, you know, it's all well and good looking at Mkhitaryan in Germany, but then Mkhitaryan over here, you know, hardly played at the beginning when he first came here. He then got a little run in the team and everyone remembers the the Scorpion goal that weren't quite a Scorpion goal. <laughs> <laughs> the peak version um, of Giroud's one. <laughs> yeah, the, the week before Giroud done his one and a proper Scorpion goal. But for me, it just, it's a Wenger signing. Okay, well, we'll have him and you can have our best player. We've made them better. We've we've got a worse player. And like yeah. I said at the, at the beginning, I know we're not going to re- get a better player that unless we go out and do stupid money on a world-class talent, yeah, which we're never going to do. But go and tap him up for Martial. Say, yeah, you want Sanchez that badly. Well, we don't want Mkhitaryan. Yeah, we'll have Martial. Because to me, that guy has the ability to be as good as Alexis Sanchez in two or three years' time. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Whereas Mkhitaryan, I don't think, I think Mkhitaryan's hit his peak. Um, and... To me, I'm not sure Mkhitaryan wants to come as well, which is even worse. Well, yeah, well, that's, it, that's the thing. Apparently, yeah, he doesn't. And, and to Mkhitaryan, me, to me, is is too similar to Mesut Ozil, and I'm assuming yeah. that we're going to keep hold of Ozil. Because I was just going to go on to that and say that. And yeah. I was going to say that for for me, I think that he would be the replacement for Ozil, not Sanchez. Whereas Martial, you you could have as the replacement for Sanchez, and and Martial's got pace. He's got a skill on him. He can score out of nothing, which is what Alexi, Alexis Sanchez without pace, basically. But but I don't know. I mean, we've only got ourselves to blame for being in this position. And now we've got Chelsea apparently entered the frame. Um, we've got Man City that have said, no, we don't want to pay that much money. And this is going to drag and drag and drag. And it's going to get to the point where it's going to be a deadline day one. Yeah, And yeah. all of us are going to be gutted because Mkhitaryan's going to come against his will to a club he don't want to be at. And is that kind of player that don't want to be here going to put in enough performances to elevate us up the league? Because to me, it's a worry that he don't want to come here. So if we're going to force him to come here, then is he really going to want to play for us? And is he yeah. going to put it in every week? No, that's that's completely right. And we've seen lots of links to sort of Pierre-Emerick or Bamiyang and, and Malcolm, uh, the, the winger at Bordeaux. Um, it's come to like this afternoon, I believe, that the president of Bordeaux has actually come out and said that there's been absolutely no talks with Arsenal um, regarding Malcolm. I don't know about you guys. I don't know too much about him. Um, so I'm not going to claim to be an expert. But in terms of Aubameyang, we, we know what he can do. We've seen him in the Champions League. I've seen him on numerous occasions. I know he's a good player, but he's got a bit of an attitude problem, hasn't he, Chig, given his previous? Yeah, um, he, he has been disciplined twice with Dortmund. Um Apparently, there are stories, I guess, that Sven has reassured them that his recent disciplinary problems are, are purely very recent and that he's not a typical bad boy per se. Um, but it, it, is, it is a concern. But then again, you could argue Alexis is not exactly an angel himself. That's right. <laughs> if you want to believe stories, you know, he's also unsettling players. He's getting into arguments with people like Ramsey. So, you know, if, if we're going to get a player who, by all intents and purposes, wants to come to the club, albeit because he wants to escape Dortmund, 
at least that's better motivation than say a Nicotarian who reluctantly is almost being bullied at the moment to leave United to come to us. I really hope the Nicotarian thing doesn't doesn't get doesn't get it done. I can't tell you how much. <laughs> it's, it's worrying times, worrying times. Another player that's supposedly on his way out of the club, it's understood he's had a medical with Everton this evening, is Theo Walcott. We touched on him a little bit earlier on. Um, Lee, Theo Walcott, for all the criticism he's had, he has been a good servant to the club though, hasn't he? Um, to be honest with you, Harry, so would I for 140 grand a week. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. The, the guy held us to ransom um, a few years back. Let it go twice. down and down and down. Yeah, he's done it twice, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and then eventually got the contract he wanted so props to his agent because he ain't worth half of that um and to me you know I've, I've looked at his stats it's been it's been quoted all over the place this week because he's linked with Everton and you know 108 goals he scored for Arsenal which when you look at it yeah it's a fantastic achievement he scored 100 odd goals for Arsenal Football Club but when you strip it back and actually analyze it properly how many other players in his position over the years, have stayed for long enough to get into a position to score 108 goals. You know, and he, he for me, he epitomises everything that's gone wrong with Arsenal Football Club for the last decade. Yeah, he is a typical, comfortable, nice Arsene Wenger signing that will sit on the bench and take his 140 grand without kicking off. You know, we, we've gone through the... I'm a striker, play me as a striker. So then we play him as a striker and he does rubbish. So then he goes back out on the wing. Then he comes out, no, keep playing me as striker. So then we give him a run. You know, back, I think it was the beginning of last season, he started on fire. So we're thinking, yeah, brilliant. He's banged seven or eight goals, gets injured, comes back and goes, oh, I'm not a striker, I'm a right winger. <laughs> well, come on, mate. You've been at Arsenal Football Club for long enough now. I remember the day we signed him and I thought, wow, we've got a superstar here. And... I don't solely blame Arsene Wenger for for killing him off because I don't think that's solely the case. But I do blame, blame the player as well. I don't think that the player has done anywhere near enough to come out of Arsenal as a, a top draw player that's had a great career at Arsenal with 108 goals. I, I blame them both for him not reaching his potential because I don't think Wenger's used him well enough at times. But at the same time, I don't think Theo Walcott's done enough to get into the team consistently at times. Some of his performances have been woeful, mate, especially in the last two years. And we all know that he's got lightning pace. And, and I just want to say very quickly, if I can, um, about Aubameyang, which led me on with, with the little pace thing there. Um, <laughs> Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is 29 years old. Yeah, he's very quick, right? There's a reason Real Madrid had never bought him and he's been itching for that move for three years. Right? It's because he's not that great. right? And I've been ripped apart today on social media for saying he's the Gabonese Theo Walcott. <laughs> <laughs> you have told me that before. Yeah. Right? And he is. I mean, listen, like, he looks great and his stats are fantastic in Germany. But, but, yeah, somebody said to me today, oh, he scored more goals than Lewandowski this season. Well, Paulinho scored them more than Ronaldo this season. Does that mean Ronaldo's rubbish? <laughs> you know, stats can be very misleading. But as we've seen from his friend, Mkhitaryan, that when you come to this league, it's a whole different ball game. So scoring 30, 40 goals a season out in Germany, yeah, great. 
Yeah, you're not going to do that in the Premier League unless you are Ronaldo, <laughs> who who is the only one in recent times that's done that. You know, and yeah, I just I think that Aubameyang ain't going to happen. I think he's just flirting to try and get a better deal. Um, I know he signed a new contract last season, but in terms of just come kind of finishing off about Theo Walcott, um, I hope he does well. You know, I don't hate the guy. I don't, you know, like I said, he's took a hell of a lot of money out of this football club for some real bad performances and held us to ransom a couple of times. So for that, I don't really hold him in high regard, but I hope he goes to Everton. He's got a manager now that will probably get the best out of him. If you, if you look in terms of players that have left us recently, you know, Cocklin had a great performance the other night for Valencia. Gabriel's doing well. Serge Nabry's done well since he's left. Carlos Vela, you know, so yeah, I hope he does well. Ox. I just, um, yeah, Ox. Well. Yeah. I just hope that he doesn't come back to score a winner against us when, <laughs> when we play him. <laughs> but yeah, fair play to him. Listen, he could have sat there on 140 grand a week, which he's done for a long time now. He's decided, no, nah, enough is enough, or the club have decided either way. And he's gone to a team that is a direct rival to the actual club he supports. Yeah. He supports Liverpool. Yeah. So big balls to him, man. So fair play to him, and I hope he does all right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Chick, your quick thoughts on Theo Walcott before I give mine. <laughs> um, I suppose much the same with Lee. For me, it's it's the biggest potential failure. So how can I put it? The biggest failed story um, in recent times, because. In terms of Theo, this man has so much potential. He was given, blessed with God-given pace. Unfortunately, with Theo, the one criticism I've always leveled at him is he doesn't have a footballing brain. You know, he never, he never thought to himself, he was probably one of the worst decision makers ever, in the sense that he would use his pace incorrectly or, or not take on the man enough or 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 cross instead of shoot or shoot instead of cross you know and it was always a shame with Theo because I wanted for a long time I wanted him to do so well and for me it's a case of what would have been with him but here's the irony about it I do think Allardyce will get the best out of him because Allardyce loves those kind of he loves people that can kind of run off the ball in terms of use their pace and and I think he'll be able to teach Theo how to do that. So with Theo, I don't think he's a confident dribbler. But yeah. what I think Allardyce will be able to do with him is say, all right, I'm going to get big men on the ball to knock the door down for you, whether it's Rooney or whoever. I, all I want you to do is just run off the ball and, and make yeah, some Run those happen. channels, yeah. Yeah. And I think in that respect, he'll, he'll, he'll improve him, where I don't think Venner has it in him to play that type of style. Yeah. Um, also, just a quick, quick, quick I forgot to say about Bamiyan. Um, to me, my only worry about Bamiyan is, does that mean that Lacazette will get benched? Because the only thing about it is, I can't see Bamiyan playing left. So I think Venner, in his wisdom, will try and play Lacazette left. Yeah. Then realise Lacazette's not getting the best out there, and he'll probably end up leaving him on the bench. And that's my biggest concern about the Sabalian link. But, but yeah, with Theo, for, for Theo, fair play to him. He, like Lee said, he could have sat the last 18 months of his contract with 140 grand a week 
Um, but he's decided, you know what, I want a World Cup place. And if I've got to go to Everton, then so be it. So I'll give him credit for that. Yep, it's true. Um, from my point of view, see, I, I agree with everything that's been said about Theo. Um, he's a player that's failed to, to reach the heights we all hoped he would reach someday. Um, my only thing with Theo Walcott is when you look at the statistics, um, and I know stats can be misleading, like, like you said, Lee, but he does get goals. He does score goals. And I totally get this, this notion that he, he's not done enough. But when I look at people like Danny Welbeck, and I look at the goal return Danny Welbeck brings you and the goal return that Theo Walcott brings you, I can't understand why Danny Welbeck doesn't get this sort of criticism. Because for me, Danny Welbeck... Oh, he does for me, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) For me, Danny Welbeck, the best way to describe him is he's a blunt knife. (laughs) He's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's a workhorse. He runs up and down the flank. He's got in my opinion, minimal ability. He's got, he also lacks a footballing brain, if you ask me. Um, so whilst I, I agree with all the stuff about Theo, I just think that Theo is, is, is targeted more by our supporters than perhaps some of the other players are. And, and I think that's where he's been sometimes treated a bit unfairly, but overall he, he hasn't done enough. That's right. He, he's not in the team for a reason. Um, like you said, it's great that he's decided he needs to go and play football. And, and yeah, I admire him for that as well, um, to be honest, rather than him just sitting around and, and sort of earning an easy living. You know, he's going to be put through the paces by a big Sam. Um, guys, we've spoken a lot about the need to replace the, the outgoing Alexis Sanchez. But are we missing the point here? Are we missing the fact that our main weaknesses are in the centre of the midfield and in the heart of our defence? <clears throat> is that something is that not something that we should be looking to rectify in this window sort of more urgently than than bringing in another winger um, I think we should have bought Van Dyke. I thought we should have bought him in the summer me too and, and then you know people would be screaming at this guy and yeah but he wanted to go to Liverpool he wanted to go to Liverpool he only wanted to go to Liverpool because they were the ones prepared to part the money exactly you know and exactly. yes they're in Champions League I get all that but I look at it and think that we have we haven't we haven't replaced Sol Campbell. Let's be real, you know we we haven't replaced him. Um, we've never replaced Vieira. So you know Wenger's gone away from this big lump type of player that uh, gets stuck in and, and grip up a player if if his teammates in trouble. You know you've only got to go back to do you remember when we played Norwich um, a couple of years back and that guy pushed Alexis Sanchez down the down the little um, thing where the where the cameraman sits yeah. not one Arsenal player went over and kicked off on that, that Norwich player yeah and then re- rewind back to 02, 03, 04 he would have had Vieira at him he would have had all of them like, they'd all surround and grip him up and he'd have had Martin Keown jumping on his back yeah, yeah <laughs> with elbows and all that do you know what I mean but yeah we're too nice we're, we're too nice and we've gone away from what made us successful and we've gone for these little players that are technically gifted rather than the steel and the muscle in midfield and defence to let the technically gifted players ahead of them go and work their magic. Yeah. You know, and you know, I've said it for a long time. We've needed a centre-back for a long, long time. And with um, Koscielny with an Achilles problem, um, he's pretty much done. He's 32, 33 years old now. Uh, Monreal, again, wrong side of 30. Although I do think he's been very consistent, especially at centre-back. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, Pam Saka retiring. So then you look to the so the youngsters, the Callum Chambers, the Rob Holdings, and when they've had a chance, they've been hit and miss. So I think it's unreal we've not gone and brought a centre back, even two maybe. And then we've sold Gabriel, you know. And it's like, wow, what's going on here? You know, we've got a big rebuild to do in the next year or two, and then add into to that Petter Czech. Yeah, I, I, I find it unbelievable we've let Chesney go to Juventus because yeah. I think Chesney was our best keeper. Yeah, agreed. That's something I've been saying from the day he he signed for Juve because yeah. I I do some writing for um, FMG, which is and, and my <laughs> post there is is covering Serie A, and so I followed his sort of progress over the past couple of years particularly closely, and he has been outstanding. I mean, he was in the, in the team of the year last year, and and. Voted and he kept the most clean sheets the season yeah, before. Golden Glove. Yeah. yeah, he's had an unbelievable time there. And at the story goes that Juventus asked Gigi Buffon, you know, you're coming to an end. Who would you recommend? Who should we go out and get? And yep. he recommended Wojciech Szczesny. So that speaks and, and, and if you look at it, Buffon's probably one, if not the greatest goalkeeper of all time. It's definitely the greatest goalkeeper in my generation. Agreed. From, yep. In my opinion, we I know we've had Seaman. And, and the likes of that and Shilton in our era but you know he is unbelievable man and for him to come out and say that but you only got to look at the day he signed for Juventus he cried he mm. cried that he didn't believe he'd left Arsenal and Arsenal was his club he cried mm. yeah and it's like really just because you smoke a few fags at half time or whatever <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah come on man and we've allowed him to go for 10 million pounds when you look at that that is unreal right because We've got Ospina, who I think is too short to be a goalkeeper. Is yeah? yeah, he's not big enough. You go and look at De Gay, uh, De Gay, sorry, and um, you go and look at Courtois. They're six six. They're huge, big specimens. They fill the goal. Yeah, you look at Ospina, and he's what five ten, five nine. Yeah, and I know he's like and all that, but <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we've got a big re- rebuild, especially that area, defense and goalkeeper, midfield. Well, you know, I, I think that a player for me, I've said this for a long time now, Adrisa Garnagay from Everton. Yeah, if we're going to give Theo Walcott to them, we'll give us him. Yes. You know, he, he is a B-Tech Kante. Yes. That's what he is. He's just a, a B-Tech Kante. He's a great player. He, he nicks the ball and he'll give it to your Ozil or to your Jack Wilshere. Yeah, and then you go again and he'll sit there and he'll marshal that back that back line in front of the back three or the back five, whatever it is, back four. And, and he'll just nick the ball and do all the dirty work, which is why I'm surprised we've allowed Cochrane to go. Yeah. yeah. Because out of our midfielders, he was the only one that He's really done that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I know we've got El Nenny, but come on, man. El Nenny is what he is. He's a five million pound player. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah we've got, like I said a minute ago, we've got a massive rebuild, mate. And it's going to cost at least 300 million. Yeah. And then, and then you're going to get the, Oh well, look, Arsene Wenger done it on a shoestring. The new managers come in and look how much money he spent. What a great job Arsene did! And when really Arsene's going to leave us in a in a bad position for me. That's how I look at it. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Chig, how how desperate are we for for centre halves at the moment? I mean, what, what oh, is going on? I mean, do you put your would you put your faith in in Callum Chambers and? Rob Holding to, to to continue there as permanent fixtures? Not for me. No way. 
Um, no, I, I mean, I suppose kind of even going back to your original question in terms of what we what we need, I think we need so much that you almost need to prioritise what is most important now versus what can we then save for the summer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like we're going to win any leagues or, quite frankly, I don't even think we're going to do anything in Europa. So I think it's really about, okay, well, the thing that the fans are most worried about is, can we replace Alexis? So go and get that marquee signing. If it, even if it is a Bamian, I'm not convinced that Bamian is that guy, but even if that's him, then go out and get him. Um, to me, I think we need a new centre-back. People forget we need a new uh, a left-back. To, to, to If Monreal is this centre-back, apparently, then fine. Go and get another left-back. So we're not playing Ainsley Maitland-Niles there all the time. Yeah. Go and get another right-back and let Debussy go if his heart's not in the club. You know? And I think people forget that. I think almost the defensive midfielder to me, Lee's mentioned Gaia. Gaia is one I've also pushed for a very long time. Here's another one I'm going to push. You know that Watford midfielder, Decor or Decor? Yeah, yeah, the one that punches I, the ball in the net. I'd have him. <laughs> Listen, I'd have a big lump, big presence. I'd have him. I'd have him in a, in a heartbeat. I know he's not defensive, but we need someone there who's just going to be a bit... Listen, I don't think Patrick Vieira was always defensive. But he was a big presence. That guy could play box to box. People knew not to mess with us when Patrick was in the team. And I've seen that Decore guy. He's about six, three, six, four. Big lump of a guy. I think he could do a really nice job next to a Jack or someone like that. And that's not to crap on Ainsley Maitland-Niles because I think that kid is going to be very, very good. And potentially could do a good job there. Yeah. Um, at least between now and the end of the season. What worries, so what worries so me a little bit is, um, you know, when I look at the way Arsene Wenger's managed this team over the past few years, and and of course the past few years we've been up in arms more than we've ever been before. Um, but what worries me is his reluctance to drop players that he's exactly. spent money on or spent a lot of time on. Like For example, for me, there's been games this season where Granit Xhaka has been awful. He has had some decent games. I'm not saying that he's like that every week, but there have been some games where he's been awful. And I get the impression that Wenger is reluctant to drop him because of the the money he's spent on him. Um, And every time I think that may be the case, then I look at Lacazette though. Why does he sometimes drop Lacazette when he spent 50 million on him? I just feel feel like a lot of the time Arsene Wenger doesn't know what he's doing at the moment anymore. (laughs) He doesn't know what he wants to do. We mentioned Debushi there. Hector Bellerin, uh, at the beginning of the season in particular, was playing some of the worst football he's played in his career. Yet there was never a chance of, of Debushi stepping in for him because the way Wenger sees it is this guy is is done, finished at Arsenal. So why do you keep these players? Why do you hold on to these players? But remember, you're talking about a man that played a striker who hadn't scored for three months and persisted and persisted for the jury last season. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was four months. <laughs> And persisted and persisted with it. And when everyone was thinking, what are you doing? Why, why don't you change this up? Why don't you do something else? And I think that four-month period eventually did facilitate Benner to almost have to force him to buy another striker because we, as a club, 
can't afford for our striker to not be scoring for four months. Yeah. Now, it's a bit of irony that our Lacazette is now going through, not as bad of a run, I hope, but is going through a bit of a barren run at the moment. Yeah. But it, it's just better. He doesn't, he doesn't, it's almost like he's, he's too loyal to certain players. Right. Like, Anyone, anyone with half decent sense would not start a Webby. And you're talking to someone that defends a Webby a lot. To me, I would loan a Webby. Hmm. Loan him. Because he needs a confidence rebuild. Yeah. Loan him for six months and see what he's about. And then if in, in the summer he's not done anything for the club he's been loaned to, which you hope would be a Premier League club, then sell him. No problem with that. But at least loan him and try and save this boy's career because the more you persist with him in the face of so much criticism and poor form on top of it, you're going to destroy this kid. Yeah, and it's happened. It's happened to others, hasn't it? But I guess the point I was trying to make was that players that are in the team are not always in the team on merit. Mm. I guess that's what I should have said. That's what I was, the point I was trying to get to, you know. Um, and, and I guess that's why some of our fringe players like Francis Coquelin are probably... Had enough. See you later, mate. Because you know, Shaka can consistently not perform, but Coquelin still ain't getting a sniff, and and that's that's the problem. I think. It, that, but that's why Perez left. Yep, that's it. That's another one exactly. But again, we spent all that money on Perez, and he's out playing for another club, and and then we're saying we can't compete financially. Like we spent big money <laughs> on players. <laughs> I've got a bit sorry to jump in, right? It does always make me laugh, right? When you've got an avid Arsene Wenger lover that will back him to the hilt, no matter what, right? That says we can't compete financially. But then in the next breath, they say, yeah, but we bid £92 million for Thomas Lamar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we'll make your mind up. Can we or can't we? You know, and that, that Lucas Perez, right? Nobody ever knew, n- n- nobody had heard of him when he came here. Yeah, yeah that's right. And he, he did well and fair play to the boy, right? But, I've, I am still struggling to find somebody who scored a Champions League hat-trick and then got dropped the next week. Because I don't <laughs> think there's another one. I think it's only him. You know, I don't think anybody else in world football has been dropped after that. You know, and like you, just, you, you boys just said, the, the fringe players, as we're calling them, they've had enough. You know, Francis Cochrane ain't getting no younger. We called him back from Charlton. We were like a week away from selling him for a million pounds. Yeah, you know, called him back. He's been brilliant. Yes, he's had his stupid red card at Spurs and his little hothead moments, but he gets it. He gets what it means to play for Arsenal Football Club. He's got passion. You know, he's not the best player in the world, but he'll nick the ball and give it some about, which is what you want him to do. And you know, Aaron Ramsey's another one that, no matter how rubbish he's played over the years, he will still get in the team. Yeah, and you know, and we can write we could write 10 15 players names down and it's the same same story over the last decade and and that ultimately is why we've never gone on and challenged completely until the death for a title because he won't make the big decision that right. knock somebody's nose out of joint whereas the top top managers the Jose's the the Pep Guardiola's the the Conte's they will drop their top player if he's playing rubbish for two games yeah you know, no, that's right. go, get on the bench that's right. Players are not picked on merit at Arsenal at the moment. And that, that, that is a massive issue because what does that do? That creates this comfort and this air of invincibility amongst the players that, you know what, it doesn't matter what I perform like today because I'm going to be in the team next week anyway. And it just drives all of the wrong, the wrong attitude in my view. Um, 
guys, that brings us to the end of episode two. Um, a massive thank you to you both. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. To, thank you. To join Appreciate us. Um, do you want to tell us your Twitter handles, Lee? Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. I really appreciate it, mate. And um, my Twitter <laughs> is LeeGunner82. You can also follow my Instagram on that as well. Brilliant. A chick? Yeah, mine is uh, Colossal Chick. Um, C-H-I-G and uh, thank you also for having me on guys you're both more than welcome anytime it's an absolute pleasure chatting to you both thank you mate cheers that's all for this week guys take care